Hello, my name is Stephen Smith, the owner of 3Pi Squared, and this is the ABA Business Leaders Podcast. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our membership program. 3Pi Squared has helped over 700 ABA practices start up and expand. Our membership has over 45 hours of content from experts in the fields of law, accounting, diversity and inclusion, childhood development, mindfulness, business development, HIPAA compliance, marketing and branding, billing, and more. We also have discounts on things like our 3Pi Squared handbooks, professional liability insurance, background checks, HIPAA compliant email, contacts, calendars, and cloud storage. The membership also includes 33 CEUs, live Ask Us Anything events where you can come on and ask your questions as you're going through the program. And in our app, you can also add anonymous questions and get your answers. To learn more about the membership, please go to our website, www.3pisquared.com and click on ABA Business Leaders. And now let's get to the episode. Hello, everyone watching. Uh, We have Mary Mooney back this time. Uh, Hopefully we won't have the same technical difficulties I had last time. Live and learn, right? But Mary is back to talk about employee retention credits. Mary is a CPA with more than 20 years experience in the public and private sector. Her career focuses on advising professionals, professional service businesses in all manners related to financial health with a focus on small business. And with that, I will bring it over to Mary and we can start. Hello, everybody. I'm glad to be back. I'm hoping that I can make my presentation even more in, in um, exciting for everybody this time too. I, um, I am a CPA. I looked at my credentials and what I write is I've had more than 20 years experience and I just kind of realized that I think I might have to change that to 30 <laughs> years at this point. But I'm pretty happy with 20 being the number that shows up on the screen for posterity purposes. Um, but I do love working with a small business client. That's kind of been my sweet spot for um, my career. Um, I'm really proud of the fact that um, I think what I love to do is tax strategy and business planning and things like that. But I also think I I love working with businesses to help them find a way to grow and be flexible with the way they grow with all the tools that are out there. So I like playing with technology. So hopefully this is kind of like a great relationship with uh, Steve that we have here. Yes, and we are setting up free consults, so they'll be able to reach out to you. And the form is in the comments, everyone. So check out that form and take advantage of it. I, I uh, Mary came highly recommended. Uh, so I, I, if you don't have a CPA, we harp on this. Uh, please get a CPA <laughs> when you have a business. It, like, don't don't waste your time or money trying to do it yourself. It's not worth it. So take advantage of that free consult and talk to Mary. Thank you, Steve. So um, I'm really, really excited to talk about the ERC credits with you today. It's a credit that has truly been designed for the small business owner. And I think there's been a lot of just a ton of information out there and it's all over the place. So 
taking a little bit of time today to kind of hopefully organize it and not get it at a level that's too deep in the weeds, but enough that you can understand whether or not you qualify and about how much these credits look like. So for today, I kind of wanted just to talk about what is the credit, um, the evolution of all the tax legislation that's happened, and then the kind of the key questions you're going to be asking yourselves is, how do I know if my business qualifies and how do you calculate this credit? And I'm going to have a few examples in there and then I will open it up for any questions that you might have. So the ERC credit is established by Congress during the COVID era and it was really meant to help and encourage employers to hold on to their employees during the peak of the COVID crisis. If you hear, we call it the ERC, you might also see it called the ERTC, which is the Employment Employee Retention Tax Credit. It's the same thing. Um, but it's a fully refundable credit that goes against your employment tax. If you are eligible for the credit, what we'll do is we'll amend your prior, um, prior period tax uh, payroll tax forms, and you can either elect to get a cash refund or you can elect to have a credit that you use against future tax deposits. And then you can use these, the, the period of time that we're eligible for is when COVID started, which is 3-13-2020 through 9-30-21. And so what I thought it- Yeah, ahead, sorry. Now, I was just curious, does it matter what type of like entity you're set up as? Does it matter if you're S-Corp, a sole proprietor or anything like that? Like, okay, that, that has nothing no. to do with whether you'll qualify or not. Right. This this presentation, thanks for reminding me, is geared for those employers who have less than 100 employees. Okay. It doesn't change qualifications. It changes the calculation. So this this is focused on businesses with less than 100 employees, nonprofits qualify, okay. the type of organization you are, doesn't matter. It, it's just whether or not you have employees. And then the next slide here, we're going to show you the, the evolution of the uh, tax changes. And so if you've ever gone and tried to Google this and you get a bunch of misleading <laughs> information... And you can't figure out which is right. And you read something and then you read something different. This is exactly the reason why. Um, because it came out at least in four, at least four different tax bills changed it. So when it first came out in March of 2020, it was for 2020 only. And it was up to a $5,000 tax credit for the year. And then what they did in uh, December of 2020 is they said, you know what? We're going to extend it for the first two quarters of 21. We're going to increase the credit from 5000 to 7000 And then they put some clarification in there about the PPP loans and said, if you've gotten a PPP loan, um, you can still uh, qualify for the ERC credit. And then after that, in March, it got revised again, and they expanded it for the third and fourth quarter. And then what's really interesting is they added a new thing for brand new startup businesses. And I threw a screen in here that we'll talk about it very briefly. But as you can imagine, as these credits started coming around, people were like, wait, I don't have enough information. I want more information. I just started my business in 2020. Am I going to be able to qualify? Um, so they tried to address all of this. And then lastly, with the, um, the infrastructure bill that they passed in November of 21, they went back and said, you know what, that fourth quarter 21 credit, we're not going to let you take it anymore. So that's a very high level of the summary, but that's exactly why... Um, you have been hearing mixed messages and may not really understand 
what you qualify for, how it works. And so hopefully this presentation kind of simplifies that for you. Yeah, it's certainly been confusing. Uh, I like, sure. <laughs> like our accountant, right, that we normally use was like, no, I'm not doing, I'm not touching this. I don't know. It keeps on changing. Go, you know, there's someone that we recommend, you know, it's been very confusing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so what I tried to do, and I'm going to show this slide at the end of the presentation too, is just put one really quick chart in there to kind of show you a visual of what's going on um, with these credits. So in 2020, the credit is 50% of the first $10,000 in wages. So if you have an employee and they have eligible wages of more than $10,000, you would get a $5,000 credit. Same employee in 2021 is going to get a $7,000 credit per quarter, not for the year. So every quarter in 2021, you could get a 10000 up to a $7,000 credit for that one employee. So if you just do simple math, seven times three is 21 plus five, you could get $26,000 for one employee if you qualified. That's that's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's big numbers quick. And we'll go through some examples here where you'll you'll see what that looks like in 2021. They also changed it. So it was a little bit easier to qualify. So in 2020, you had to have a 50 percent decline in sales. And in 2021, it was only 20 percent. And then they even went one step further and said, you know what, if that test doesn't work, we're going to give you a look back provision and let you have another way to try to qualify. So they were very, very aggressive about trying to get 20 businesses in 2021 to be eligible for these credits. Um, and then those recovery startup businesses, that's what I just briefly mentioned. Those are brand new business that started out. They have a very special uh, category that they fall into for the third and fourth quarter of 2021. And hopefully this presentation will kind of put that all together and you'll see it again at the end and you'll, it'll make a lot more sense then. Um, on the next slide, this is where I just briefly talk about what is a recovery startup business. And it, any business that started in February of 2020 or after and had receipts of less than a million dollars. And you're going to follow the same kind of rules as far as the calculation, $10,000 in wages, 70%, uh, seven, yeah, 70 credit by quarter. Um, but you don't have to meet the gross receipts test. And you don't have to meet the government shutdown test. So it's if the only rule is if you set up your business and began operations after February 15th, 2020, you automatically qualify for Q3 and Q4. Yeah, just like uh, the ABA Business Leaders membership, there are a lot of people in there that started their companies in 2020. So please, again, take advantage of this form and just go on and talk to Mary and her team because you may qualify, like you're saying, without being in business the prior year. So definitely worth checking out. Um, all right. So the next slide we're going to talk about, how do I know if my business qualifies? And there's two mutually exclusive conditions. And I like to emphasize that a lot because if you don't meet one, you don't. You can meet the other. Either one will qualify you for the credit. And the first one is if you were, were required to shut down by a government authority, um, the operation of a trade or business is partially suspended. If an appropriate government authority imposes restrictions on the employer's operations that limit its ability to travel, conduct commerce, or have group meetings. 
So and we're, there's another screen after this that I'll show you. It's going to be like the exact wording from the, legisla the legislation so that you can see how limited, how careful they were not to put too many conditions on top of that. And then the other part of this is if you had a significant decrease in receipts. Um, and that's the 50% for 2020 and the 20% for 2021. What's really interesting. No, I just, just want to make sure that I, I understood. Like, so t like if you start a business in 2020, though, this doesn't, these aren't going to apply. Is that right? If you started a business in 2020, you, and you have the, there's a safe harbor, there's a way for you to qualify for quarters one and quarter two, but you still qualify for quarters three and quarters four under that recovery okay. act portion. So it's possible for you to cover all, for all of those okay. quarters. What's also really interesting, I put it down here at the bottom in green, is that once you qualify, so you have, and I'll explain it on the next screen here, but once you qualify, um, you keep continuing to qualify until you hit a 20%, until your sales are less than 20% difference. So you, it's gonna be, it's not just a one quarter shot, it's this quarter, and then the next quarter and the next quarter. And then the next screen and a couple screens, I'm going to show you that example. So this one is the exact legislation. And the reason I wanted to show you there is because this is all the statute says. It says nothing else and everything else has been left up to interpretation by professionals. Um, the IRS, the, this legislation doesn't seek information, uh, clarification from the IRS or the Treasury. It says this is it. And so it says that to be eligible, it's a full or partially suspended during the calendar quarter due to orders from an appropriate government authority limiting your ability to, to commit, uh, limiting commerce, travel, and group meetings. That's all it says. And it also only says significant decline in gross receipts. That's all it said. And so the IRS jumped all over this, and they have provided a little bit of guidance. And it's funny that in their guidance, they've also said but don't rely on this as guidance. So they're even kind of hedging themselves, giving us suggestions um, of what what we should be what should be considered okay. um, significant. Okay. I do have a question around that, and maybe this is like so. A lot of like April's business, mm -hmm. and a lot of people, we had to pivot to telehealth for a, a, a yeah. large portion of what. Man, these years have blurred together. Yeah, is that yeah. Twenty. Right. We yeah. had to pivot to telehealth, but while we were in that transition of pivot, we had to pull all of our staff out right. of in-home services um, due to, uh, you know, what we were told to do right. uh, via right. the government and CDC and all of that. And so we had to pull. And so it took us, you know, two to four weeks to figure out how to make telehealth work, to make our plans. Yes. And so yep. we were, you know, trying to give our staff as much as we, we could but we also weren't billing for services during that time. Right. Is that or yeah. at least if we were billing, it certainly was a significant, was a significant decrease, decrease during yeah. that time. So with someone like that, that kind of had a like, yeah, we're gonna still work. We we can now do telehealth, but we can't right. we can't do these group meetings anymore, right? Uh, do, do you yep. think that that does that qualify or? I think <laughs> I think you saw my next screen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because on the next screen, we exactly, we address okay, that. Great. And what the IRS came in, this is where the IRS had, got, had provided some guidance to us. And the guidance was, it has to be a, more than a nominal effect of your business operations. So for example, the example I have in here is McDonald's has a restaurant and they also have a drive-through. And if you close the restaurant, 
The drive-through is already in existence. It already is more than a nominal amount of their business model. So they can't go out and say, we were partially shut down. And the the way the IRS (laughs) defined it is 10%. So if if something you were doing was not 10% of your revenue before, and a lot of small businesses were very ingenious. So restaurants, traditional restaurants closed, and they they didn't really have a takeout program. Some of them opened their back door and said, we're going to offer, you know, sell it, um, sell it as takeout. And they would qualify because it was less, it was less than a nominal, it was more than, it was less than a nominal amount of their business model. And I put down here another example of a neighborhood gym. So the gym was required to shut down. And this kind of goes into like what you're talking about with April Mm -hmm. and to stay afloat, they gave their customers equipment and they turned on the remote screens and had did their training, um, video conferencing and things like that. Well, they're still eligible for the ERC credit since that part of their business was less than 10% of their business model beforehand. Okay. And don't forget, this is also while you're doing a partial shutdown. So the revenue test doesn't matter. What is pretty good to comp, if you had a significant decrease in sales and you were partially shut down, it makes this argument even better during the partial shutdown, but it's not required to be okay. both. And so can you carry that over? Because uh, again, a significant port, like we were doing 0%, right? Like there were most yeah, funders yeah. didn't even allow us to do telehealth, right? right. And then it was right. like, okay, everything is shut down. And then they're like, they're, they're like emergency putting these things in place, right? And okay, fine, use this modifier. You can now do telehealth. And so now everyone's scrambling, right? And Zoom is going, the stock yeah. of Zoom is going through the roof. And, yeah. and, and so like everybody's learning how to Zoom without filters on and stuff like this, right? And now, so would that qualify for all of 2020 and 2021? Or would they like, do you put the brakes on at some point and say, no, that qualified first, but now we have to look at how much uh, revenue? That's a great, great question. Um, when you go back to watch the video, you'll see me shaking yes and no on <laughs> half of that conversation. But it's a really great question because as long as you were under a government mandate to shut down or partially stay shut down, you would con- continue to qualify. Okay. And the fact that you were able to recover and generate some income doesn't mean that you did, you all of a sudden don't qualify because of revenue. That's not part of the okay. rules. The rules are two very mutually exclusive rules. You were required to shut down and stay partially shut down for a period of time. And each state is a little bit different on the due dates, but roughly it's in um, roughly, you know, it's around March 17th, March 13th that people were starting to shut down. And then in June of the next year is pretty much when all of the uh, orders were lifted. So it can be pretty substantial period of time that you are you are partially shut down. Yeah. yeah. Again, like I, like anyone listening to this is probably been affected by this because we all had to learn how to do do telehealth, Zoom, whether it was parent training, supervision, even even direct service. So well, even those who are deli- who have clinic settings. Yeah, I, absolutely. I know that for yeah. a while there, depending on the school districts in their area were no longer allowed to have their clinic open there right, for for right, a while right, yeah 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 cuz like there was a cap on how many people could be in the mm-hmm. in the center at one time right and so yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah well and you know we all like we are going to give a free consult but there's a lot of people who are giving free consults too and i just think anybody right. in the medical profession 
professional sort of that was required of some version of shutting down, at least have a half hour conversation with somebody to see if you qualify. It's, it's, it's foolish not to think about, you know, at least go through the math and see if there's unique things that, that make you qualify. Um, so I put my very first example on here because I wanted to kind of show you what, what it would look like. So the first example is the business was required to shut down in the first quarter of 2020. And then it was, a, in this example, it was presumably allowed to reopen, but it had gross receipts of 55%. So they could qualify under rule number two. Uh, for the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, their de- decrease in receipts was only 14%. So now you see that it's not 20%. They were able to recover in the third quarter. So according to the rules and the guidance, this business would be able to qualify for the first, second, and third quarter of 2020. So you get an extra quarter after you hit that 20%, you get within that 20%. And then on the next screen, I tried to show you, and I'm trying to keep these simple, but the, cal- the calculations do get a little bit mm-hmm. crazy, but I tried to keep it so you could imagine what that credit might look like for this particular taxpayer. And this taxpayer for the first quarter, there's the wages, second, third, and fourth quarter. The maximum wages they can qualify for is 10000 And if you look on the very far right, you'll see that they qualified for a $12,000 credit and that's roughly what's three, one, two, three. They had about four employees, three to four employees at one mm-hmm. time. So that's a lot of money for for very few employees. Right. Totally. Yeah. I mean, again, it's worth sitting like <laughs> this is worth 30 minutes of your time, right? Like this is absolutely mm-hmm. worth 30 minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. I think we've gotten about three plus million dollars that's back awesome. for our clients already. Yeah, so great. it's just really exciting to be able to help genuinely help the small business. Okay. So I'm leading you into some pretty meaty schedules here, and I hope that I don't lose your audience here, but um, we're going to talk about how the credit is calculated. And on this schedule, the schedules that come, there's a few things that you should know, and um, you can't double dip. So if you use, if you got a PPP loan and um, you would have to say, I'm not using those wages. And then the wages after that you could use for the ERC before that. And after that, you can also use health insurance. So if you have an employee and you pay $350 a month for that employee, 350 times three, you can take that whole amount and use that to bump up their wages for the qualification amount. It is a tax professional's job to maximize both the PPP loan and the ERC credit. So the PPP loan is free. There's no tax impact on it. So you want to maximize that. If you remember on, in the PPP loan, there's a, you only have to use, you can use things like your mortgage and your utilities mm-hmm. to reduce the PPP loan. You don't have to use just wages. And so if you want to use the ERC and the PPP, what we try to do is we try to Make sure you use as little wages as possible on your PPP loan and maximize the wages that are available for your ERC credit. Question on this. Is there a way to amend your PPP? Uh, Because what we did, like not thinking ahead, 
was like, we just, it was so much easier just to do, okay, I'm not calculating my rent, I'm not calculating my internet and all the Zoom stuff that we had to get, uh, well, we're just going to do payroll, it's easy that way, we'll upload our payroll, our 941s, I think they are, and just be done with it. Is there any way to go back and say, well, hold on, we had a whole bunch of other stuff that we didn't calculate in, now we want that for the ERC. Does that make sense? Yes, that's a very common question. And another thing, some people got, um, I think if you got a loan less than $100,000, I think you could just send in the form and say, I spent it on payroll and just put a number on there and no one audited that. Oh, okay. So there's even that. Now the IRS has come out and said, you're out of luck. You, if you filed it that way, you shouldn't have. Okay. Shame on you. But there's a lot of tax professionals out there who have said that, again, the IRS and another thing says this is guidance. It's not the law. Um, what I have found is most of our clients can maximize the credits anyway. Okay. So in 2020, remember, it's for the whole year. Right. And your PPP loan had to be used in 10 weeks, right. roughly. So there's pretty much a lot of wages after that to be able to use for the ERC credit. And then for 2021, people were a little bit better about um, when we jumped in on a lot of them. We were actually say stop and hold mm. off. Um, the other thing we try to do on our in our business model is we'll take the wages before you got your PPP loan, and you'll see that in my example here. And so those wages count. So we really try to find all the pennies, and it's not has not been as big a deal as you would okay. think um, because of the way we can push the numbers around. All right, so here's the next screen. I had to put it into two different rows, but it's the same three employees for four quarters of hmm. the year. And here's a business that received a PPP loan in April of 2020, and they pay health insurance for their employees. And so one of the, in the PPP wages column, that very first um, column where it's all blue, notice that it's not proratably allocated to one employee or the other. I don't have to, I can allocate it any way I want. So that's one of the ways we if someone makes $50,000 a year and I can only use $10,000 of their wages for the ERC credit, I can allocate $40,000 of the loan to their payroll. So there's no guidance on how it has to be allocated. And then if you look where it says quarter one in the gray section at the top, you'll see that we started this calculation on March 20th and March 27th. And that's because the PPP, the, the government shutdown, that all started in March 15th, so March 13th. So you can't take wages before that. Um, and for the purpose of this, I said you paid your wages in Q1 at the beginning of the month, so we're not going to count that. And then I calculated it out for Q2, and I said this is what they made, this is what we paid for health insurance, this is how much I'm allocating to the PPP loan, and then this is qualified wages that are left. I do that for Q3 and I do that for Q4. And when I do all the math on this, this employee, this employer is going to qualify for a $15,000 tax credit and their PPP loan is going to be properly mm -hmm. relieved tax-free. Um, so even when you have all the information, you lay it all out and it's an Excel spreadsheet that's probably about 50 columns long. Um, we will play with the numbers a little bit and try to move things around to your benefit. So the reason I wanted to stay on screen too is because I took this exact same information 
And I said, what if it were 2021? I didn't change any of the wages. I didn't change the PPP loan. I didn't change anything because I wanted you to see the impact of the changes based on the same exact data. Okay, so let's go to example number three. And in example number three, I assumed, again, I didn't want to change any numbers. So in quarter one, if you remember last, in the previous example, I said it was only two weeks out of the year, uh, out of the quarter. I just assumed that it was the same number, and we, so I don't change any numbers in here. Um, and it's the same, virtually the same calculation. The difference is in quarter one, when I figure out my qualified wages, 70% of the up to $10,000 is a credit. So employee number one had, what, $5,300, if I read that right? Yeah, $5,200 mm-hmm. of wages, 70% is a tax credit for that employee. And then they got their loan in April of 20, they got round two PPP loan in April of 21. And I said, okay, we've got to allocate the PPP loan back to its employees. And if you notice, I tried to heavily allocate it to the third employee who had the most wages and was already over the $10,000. And so only the second employee received a credit for that period. And then I basically in the third quarter, I've got to make sure I allocate the PPP loan and get that cleared away. And again, I did it heavy on the people who make more money. So I calculate the ERC for Q3 and Q4. And if you look at the middle column, bottom one, total ERC, $38,000. So it was $15,000 in 2020. Same information is almost $40,000 in 2021. So it's just enormous um, what these credits can do for small businesses. So this is the, the the next slide. Again, I wanted just to kind of go through this one more time, then now it probably won't seem so, hopefully it doesn't seem so cumbersome. But it's a $10,000 wage limit. It's a 50% credit in 20. It's a 70% per quarter in 21. Um, the, the sales, if you have to qualify by sales, the decline in sales goes from 50% to 20% in 21. And then there's a way to calculate this um, if you don't meet that test in 2021. And there is a special arrangement for businesses that started in 20, uh, yeah, who started after February 15th, 2020. So that's all I put down on the screen because I figured after those two meaty uh, spreadsheets, I'm probably going to, people's brains are probably (laughs) going to explode and I'm trying not to do that to them at their lunch hour or whatever. But I mean, The biggest thing I can say is these credits are really, really beneficial and every small business should talk to somebody and see if they qualify and tell your friends, tell the other people that you work with or that that, that own businesses that you know of that these free consultations, it's not just me that's giving them away for free. There's a lot of people that are doing right. this. Yeah, like anyone you know in these groups that are getting receiving this training from their employer, I, I think it would be a good idea to at least mention the ERC credit to your employer if if that's at all possible. Um, and then I, I just a question, like if after watching this, listening to it maybe 15 times, and, and your eyes are rolling in the back of your head, and you're like. I'm not really sure if I qualify or not. Like, what do you recommend? Is it better to ask and and just talk to someone if you're on the fence, if you're like, eh, maybe, maybe not? Uh, or or what would you recommend to those people that are just 
Not sure. They need to talk to okay. somebody. I would love, you can reach out to me. My email address is on here. You can reach out to Steve and say, I'd like to talk to you for half yep. an hour. Again, there's no, I, I promise, there are no strings attached. Um, I'll give you as much information as I can in half an hour um, because I really think that if you do qualify, you know, that it's really substantial and I want to make sure that you get the help that you, you deserve. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this went, I, I'm no lie, this went much better than the last time with all of my <laughs> issues that I had last year, uh, last last week with the volume. So I, I really appreciate your flexibility in coming back in and doing this when it was totally my fault. Uh, so thank you so much for going through this. I know it's going to be super helpful. Um, and like, like Mary said, reach out to her. Her email is here. Fill out that form if you want, uh, and and we we will hopefully be able to get the help that you need uh, to walk through this kind of crazy, confusing issue. But even if you got five thousand dollars, right? You have one employee and you qualified for 2020, 30 minutes of your time, right? Like, why not do it? Right? right? It seems like. Yeah, of course I do that. So for sure. And then take that and then go on a vacation or something, right? <laughs> like, so so uh, yeah. So again, thank you so much for well, coming on. One thing I'll throw in there, yeah. Steve, just because it's it the, the homework on your end, the information that we need is not burdensome. It's, it's really a half hour of gathering a handful of documents and we can do it. So there's really... Once we have the payroll information, it's all on us. And, yeah, I mean, our I, experience, yeah, right? I was we did add, it. Right? I, I mean, did. I know we're like really, <laughs> really passionate about this. But the reason we are is because we didn't know about this. Yeah. And, you know, like a lot of you guys, we were getting to a point where we were really struggling, especially in 2021 and the mm -hmm. staffing shortage. Mm -hmm. I'm just really trying to figure all of this out and really growing tired and, you know, from all of the stress that all of this has given all of us. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, and then luckily we heard about this and someone told us about it. And honestly, guys, I was like, yeah, it, it's probably not worth it. It's probably not enough for yeah. my time to have to gather the paperwork. That's just another thing on my to-do list, right. you know? And, and Steven's like, well, you know, maybe we should try. And I said, well, if you want to try, you can try. <laughs> and, you know, um, but we did, and, and we reached out, and we met Mary, and, yeah. and you know, we're not certain yet, like, we are getting back, but we are hopeful that it's going now. to be yeah. something that's going to yeah. be helpful, and yeah. it's, it wasn't, it was much easier on our end to put this together, and I understand this process a little better now than I did before we were doing today's it. presentation, right. Right. but the good news is I don't really have to know how to do it, because <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're here, that's so, exactly. um, so yes. yeah, so I just, yep. you know, we, we were, we were in those shoes, so I think that's why we're, we're both so passionate, because we were just so grateful that, that, you know, that we were open to this, uh, to learning and to trying this, so, yeah. Well, I'd love to be able to help a, a hundred more people like Absolutely. you. Absolutely. All right. Well, yeah, I that's think that's it for today. That huh? is it. So again, fill out the form, reach out to Mary. Her email address is there. And I hope that you get lots of money back in credits. And, um, you know, if, if you were unable to watch the live, post your comments. We'll get answers for mm -hmm. you. Um, and again, thank you so much for watching. Thank you again, Mary, for coming on. And I really appreciate everyone. Thank you. I 
hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to learn more about 3Pi Squared and the products and services that we provide, please go to www.3pisquared.com. And if you enjoy our podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe or add it to your favorites. This way you won't miss any episodes. And you can also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching 3Pi Squared. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.